1: You're listening to the Dwell on These Things podcast. I'm John Stongey, and today we have a very special guest with us. In fact, we have Alicia Michelle with us today and she's going to be talking about when you're burnt out and exhausted from doing all the right things. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Alicia before we start our conversation. Alicia is an author. She is a Bible teacher. She is a podcaster and coach. She's known as the Mindset Makeover Coach, and she equips Christian women with practical brain and biblically-based tools so that they know how to renew their minds in order to overcome toxic thinking patterns such as perfectionism such as fear and worry and not feeling enough and a variety of other things so that ultimately they can cultivate godly confidence. You can listen to her every week on the Vibrant Christian Living podcast. You could also connect with her on Instagram at Vibrant Christian Living and sign up for her free workshop on how to transform your thoughts to transform your life at VibrantChristianLiving.com. But let's welcome right now, Alicia Michelle. Alicia, welcome to the Dwell on These Things podcast.
0: Hi, thanks so much for allowing me to come on and share today.
1: Well, it's exciting to have you on. We had the opportunity to meet in person several yes. months ago. We were at a podcasting conference, and and uh, there was a meetup there for Christian podcasters. And so a group of us all got together and wanted to hear about each other's ministries and some of the things that we were doing. And so that's when I became introduced to you, and, and we developed several uh, additional friends down there, and, and a group of us got together. And so it, it was nice to meet you there, and it's great to invite you here into the Dwell on These Things space so that you can share about your ministry here as well.
0: Yeah, thank you. No, I really appreciated that opportunity to get to know you and to get to know your wife. Even when we went out to dinner that one night with Sarah, that was great just to hear more about the work you're doing, but also just to get to know you as a person and about your ministry and your life and the church you guys do and all of that. So yeah, I'm blessed to be here and hang out with you today
1: that That was exciting yeah we had we had a really nice time that that was a lot of fun, and that was a rare treat for me i 'm always trying to convince uh, my wife Andrea to come <laughs> to some of these things with me, and this was the <laughs> first one that she came to with me, and she loved it and so we we had a lot of fun, so I think you 're going to be seeing her more and more good, uh, I, I think I won her yeah. over to to joining the because you know it 's interesting when when you tell people you 're going to a podcasting conference uh, i there are people in my church that were joking with me saying. All right, how do you dress for a podcasting conference? And they're they're picturing <laughs> us having like like it's a Star Trek convention, right? Where people, I, I thought, what do you think this is? I said, people wear just <laughs> normal clothing and behave normally. It's it's just people that like podcasting. There's no there's no uniform.
0: <laughs> right. I know. So, I know. If only. That would be fun if there was. I, I
1: mean, there, there would be. They think we're all a bunch of big nerds. That's what they think. Oh, so, okay. All right?
0: <laughs> audio nerds. Audio, audio nerds.
1: nerds, right? So one fellow <laughs> audio nerd to another. Welcome there to the show. Go. It's a lot thanks. of fun to have you here. Uh, yeah, but thanks before thanks. we get in, I have a, a variety of things here that I want to talk to you about, uh, about mindset and about coaching and things like that that you're doing to help people overcome Uh, just toxic thinking and and unhealthy thought patterns. But uh, Mm -hmm. before we even get into some of that, just introduce yourself a little bit better to uh, our audience today and and maybe give us a picture of your walk with Christ and what that looks like.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. Well, yes, I am Alicia Michelle. As you said, I have the Vibrant Christian Living podcast. I am a Christian mindset coach, which means that I have been trained with specific training as a neuro coach to help women understand what's going on in their minds. Why are we knowing what we are supposed to know quote unquote from church but not living it out what is happening on a subconscious level to keep us stuck in these patterns from living the full life that god has for us so i've been doing that work for about four or five years now i've been working online since 2011 but that specifically has been my god-given passion for about the last five or six years Um, I have been married for over 21 years to an awesome guy. We live in San Diego. We have four kids. Our oldest is 19, and then we have a 17-year-old, 14-year-old, and a 9-year-old. So we have three teens in our life right now. So that definitely has taught us a lot about uh, surrender and letting go, things like that. But yes, that that is our life here. And in terms of my walk with Christ, I have had an interesting walk with Christ in that I did not go to church growing up at all. My father had had some unfortunate experiences growing up where he felt like religion was forced on him. And so Mm. it was very important for him to have his family be in a situation where they would choose what kind of faith background they wanted. So that was how I was raised either way. And I came to know Christ at age 19 as part of Campus Crusade, which is now crew, mm-hmm. but it 's still campus Crusade to me <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I became a Christian at age nineteen just after asking a ton of questions about who why am I here, what is the purpose of life i 'd been feeling like you know what, what am I living for? all of those kinds of questions that you get asked and uh, that was, that was what I discovered was this love that God had for me. So yeah, that has been just this journey I've been on for several decades now, learning about God. Really, I'm so blessed to have come to God in that way, because they're so good about teaching you that knowing God is truly a relationship. It really is. It is, is just being with him every day, listening to him, speaking to him, giving your life to him over and over, surrendering, and that I, I was so blessed to have that incubator of time in college to learn that was my faith and to not have the influx of maybe expectations or rules that might have been put on me. So I'm very blessed to have this a very pure kind of view of God and mm-hmm. to um, keep him as the forefront of our life. So that's a little bit about me in a nutshell.
1: Awesome. That's great. And, and I remember when uh, Andrea and I had the opportunity to sit down with you and Sarah, and, and we were chatting just about our backgrounds and, and just kind of telling each of us our stories. One of the things that you talked about was uh, a season that you went through back in 2017 that was a pretty pivotal season. And I wonder if you'd share that with our listeners today and just kind of talk a little bit about how how the Lord used that season to to really foster a lot of change and a lot of transformation in your day-to-day life.
0: That was a unexpected season, as sometimes these season happen where we think, mm-hmm. <laughs> how did this happen? How did I get here? But I had been on this trajectory for however long I had been a mom. Actually, starting from a young child, I'd been on that trajectory as I began to dig into what was really happening. But from that standpoint, it was just I had driven myself to the ground, literally, burnt the candle at both ends, things like that. Um, I was preparing for a missions trip. Uh, we go to Mexico every year with our church as part of a, a missions trip there. And I started getting a headache. And I didn't understand why I was getting a headache because I didn't really ever get headaches. But I was like, Alicia, whatever, just take some aspirin, keep going, life goes on, right? And this headache kept getting worse and worse. Um, trying to condense the story because it's kind of a long story, but basically one (laughs) night I ended up going to Mexico and one night we were in Mexico. Um, I was in so much pain, could not sleep. I woke up about 2 AM and I had to just go outside in the air just to kind of think. And I very audibly heard God say, you need to go home and you need to go home right now. And it was like, Mm. this is not a joke. Like do it now. And it was like, okay. So I was like, God, it's going to be such a Pain, like people are gonna have to. I'm teaching a Bible study, all this stuff, and it's like, no, you need to go home. So I was like, next morning, I had somebody drive me to the border, and my husband. It, thankfully, it was a Saturday. They drove me straight to the hospital because it was like, where else do you go on a Saturday? But the yeah, ER, right. I guess, mm-hmm. to have it checked out. And I'm and I'm like, just you know, just check out what's going on. And it turns out that I had what's called a vertebral artery dissection, which um, the vertebral arteries are the arteries in the back of your neck, mm. and what had happened was the artery had literally separated from itself on the inside. So almost like a garden hose was how it was described to me. The inner lining of a garden hose had separated from the outer lining and it had not only had separated, but it was blocking the artery and blood clots were forming on the outside of it. And this was right at C1 to C3 on our net on my neck. And so clearly high risk for a stroke. This is a very important nice. thing. And they're like, yeah, you need to go immediately to the specialty hospital. So I spent the next week at this hospital, having mini strokes, going through all of this. And the doctor's going, we don't understand what's wrong with you. We don't like, do you do extreme sports? Like these are the kind of injuries we see from car accidents. Like what, what in the world were you doing in Mexico? I'm like, I'm a mom. I was on a missions trip. Like this is nothing. But the Lord spoke to me and said, you know why you're here. It's because you have been way, way extending what you need to be doing with your life. You have been not been resting. You've been sleeping four hours a night for about 10 years. Mm. You know that people have been telling you you're doing too much and that you're not taking care of yourself. And I had basically, I spent the next eight to nine months just on my back. I could not do anything without these excruciating headaches. I was on blood thinners. I had to go to the doctor three or four times a week for all these treatments. Mm. Anyway, coming out of that, when God takes everything away from you, and you literally can't homeschool your children, can't feed your family, can't even take care of yourself. People have to feed you. I mean, you're giving yourself injections several times a day. You're like, how in the world did I get here from having mm-hmm. to run everything and being, you know, quote, on top of the world of doing this and running that. And, and then it's like, God's like, no, listen to me. You're like, this is gone. We're done. You need to start over. And in those moments, I knew I had to start over in yes, setting different boundaries for my time and, and things like that. But it was really a question of, what was causing you to do that? Because sure, I could come up with a new schedule. Sure. I could sleep more things like that. But I ultimately began realizing as a coach, uh, there's, there's always that inner motivation for causing us to have an outward action. So there was something going on in my mind that was causing me to do this. And as I began digging deeper into that and learning more about neuroscience and becoming certified as a neuro coach, I was like, Okay, here's what was happening. I was being driven by these patterns of needing to prove myself, needing to achieve, needing to be worthy. Even though I had heard since I was 19 that I was enough in Christ, that God fully mm-hmm. loved me, I had had been had grown up with just this mentality of when you achieve, you you know when when you do good, you are good. When you get a good grade, you are worthy. And I had had this, even though I, I I pushed through the pain of what I was feeling in my body, so much so that it, nothing was able to get through to me except this very severe situation. So that wow. is what started that impetus for me. Is really what had I been? What had been driving the show all of these years, and how could I change that? And that's what God began doing was setting me on a journey for change in that area.
1: Sounds like you were living a very exhausted kind of life. Yes. You know, this idea of yeah. always, I think the way you phrased it, always trying to prove yourself, mm-hmm. always, you know, high achieving, right? Always mm-hmm. trying to achieve, probably creating one new milestone to to meet, then meeting that, and then immediately yes. saying, all right, here's the next milestone that I exactly. need to get to. And, and right. that could be a, a really challenging pattern to break mm-hmm. when you've, when you've functioned that way your whole life. And it, you know in in many respects, when I look at that isn't that the fruit that's the fruit of a of, of uh false beliefs that at times we can very much start preaching to our hearts instead of resting in the gospel instead of resting yes. in the message that Christ has communicated to us we we start saying all right, even though scripture tells me that Jesus is sufficient, I need mm-hmm. to somehow be be sufficient in and of myself and yes. is is that was that Part of what you were wrestling with there, trying to in, in a sense do his job for him or or basically treating <laughs> Jesus like like he wasn't enough,
0: right, yeah, and I think on an outward standpoint, I would have said, no, of course Jesus is enough, of course he's my savior, and I don't think I ever doubted any of that. The sure. problem was that yes there that that's the key, and that's what Why I love doing the work I do with women because they're like I don't understand why I have these different behaviors than what I know what I know to be true on the outside and what I believe. So yeah, there was this patterning in me, this this driven patterning, and that was again learning about the mind, that the subconscious mind, the the these these patterns that are put in us, they're going to win every single time over what our logical mind tells us to do because it's set up to protect us. So what my brain was doing was protecting me. It was keeping me safe. It was like, you have this need to be enough. You have this need to be loved, to be worthy. Here's how I, my brain has answered it on a subconscious way. And that's a question that we all have answered by, by the time, maybe age 12 or so. And because that's answered this way, I'm going to keep doing these actions to have it answered that way. I hadn't changed that patterning on a subconscious level to be in line with what The gospel said, I hadn't come to that realization that there were these other things there driving the show. So yeah, like that's why I'm again, passionate about helping women get to the root of it because we don't want to just throw more programs, throw more to-do lists, throw more, just try these three steps to change your life. It's like, what is the motivation causing the action? That's what we have to get to the root of in order to make the changes. And in cases like this, like this is what could be a life or death situation. Sure. Literally. So it's it's really important to get to the root of those things.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been uh, serving in pastoral ministry for 25 years, and, and I'm, I'm sure you know that that requires a lot of counseling. So I, I'm oh, yes. constantly counseling sure. with people. Uh, I was I was very surprised when I started uh, my my ministry as a pastor just how much of my week was consumed with one-on-one counseling with people. Mm, and wow. even, even, you know, one-on-two, you know, in the sense of, of marriage counseling and, and, and things like that. But, um, you know, a, a high percentage of it is, is counseling-based. And so mm-hmm. I actually went back and got my master's in counseling because I realized this is something I get asked to do frequently. And one of the things that has become clear in my mind over the years is that behavior follows belief. So the behavior that that you see exhibited in my life, you can tie every behavior back to a belief. So okay. it it doesn't matter what it is. Some it could be as simple right. as brushing my teeth. Why do I brush my teeth? Well, because I, I believe that's going to do something healthy for my teeth. So there's a belief behind that behavior. You know, why yes. do I why do I look left, right, left when I'm at a stop sign before mm-hmm. I pull out? Because I believe that that's going to give me the best chance of not being hit by a car as it's coming. You know, it's, it's just, it's simple things like that. And, um, and, but it's also deeper level things. So when we talk about spiritual things, when we talk about some of our, our, our nervous habits or, or whatever it may be, or even some of the ways that we try and protect our own hearts, Our behavior follows a belief, and uh, it's kind of interesting to examine those beliefs. And so I'm wondering from from your own self-examination, what were some of the mindsets that were behind the behaviors that you were noticing in your day-to-day life? And and what has this journey of healing started to look like?
0: Yeah, actually, before I answer that, can I go back and, and tag on to something you said earlier about belief, Certainly. because yeah. there's uh, that is the fundamentals of brain science 101. It's that mm-hmm. that is how it happens in our mind is we have a thought, the thought attaches to the emotion and the thought when it's repeated, and the emotion together combine to become a belief, the belief creates the decision, decision creates the action, the action creates the result. So when I change the result, we got to go all the way back to the thought that started mm-hmm. it. And It's exactly what you said. That's true in brain science. It's also true in scripture. Jesus tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I mean, Mm -hmm. over and over, he talks about addressing the heart. I was reading this morning, um, the study I'm doing with a whole group of ladies that I lead is called I'm illuminated and how God, when he illuminates our heart, and changes us he changes us literally from the inside out because he wants mm-hmm. to change our behavior he doesn't just give us a different thing to do he addresses the core behavior that's happening so sure. all that's to say what you well, said now um yeah. the mindsets that you were asking the, the mindsets that i personally struggled with in in regards to that is that what you yeah. were asking
1: yeah okay. it, it, like what it, let's stick with your journey here and and yeah. uh, the transformation that, that you've experienced and and what healing has looked like in regard to that
0: hmm. I think the main mindset that I've struggled with is perfectionism and overworking. And the more that I've learned about why those behaviors happen, why we do these self-sabotaging behaviors, it's because we're trying to comfort ourselves from pain Mm -hmm. or somehow manage fear. And so when we are in pain, our body's natural response is to protect us. And if it doesn't have that healthy response, or again, if subconsciously it's learned a response that has been helpful, quote unquote, in the moment, such as, you know, going to have a whole bunch of ice cream or
1: Hmm.
0: going to go on a shopping spree or whatever, it's going to go to that biologically, especially when we're in a high moment of stress, because that's an emotional driven situation. So for me, I found that I was doing... Um the well, the four the four behaviors that we typically see are fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Fight and flight are pretty common. Most people know what that is. Freeze is literally just that moment of indecision. We don't know what mm-hmm. to do. We know this is this overthinking pattern, this anxiousness, all of that kind of stuff. And fawn is a fancy word for pleasing. So we'll do anything to keep the peace, anything to just mm-hmm. make people happy, just whatever. I don't care, you know, that kind of a response. Mm-hmm. My biggest responses were mainly the flight response, which I would have mm-hmm. not expected as somebody who's strong willed, independent. But what I was doing was, overworking, overachieving as a way to, to escape the pain that Mm. I was feeling it, as you know, it is very, (laughs) it's very draining to raise young children. I was homeschooling (laughs) them at the time. I had four little ones at once. My husband traveled over 50% of the time. It was me by myself, staying up late. The way I was coping was I was working online with women. I was writing, I was doing those things that made me feel good because during Mm. the day, I was not feeling good, I was right. demoralized, I was exhausted. I felt like I had a special needs child at that time who drained every sa- little bit of me right mm-hmm. so um, these were the coping behaviors that I went through, and they because they are these deep seated things that i 'm kind of naturally drawn to i 'm an enneagram three on this on the scale, so i 'm high achieving those kinds of things i still i' i 've gotten immense healing around that. God has brought great healing, but I now still sometimes struggle with them but when they come up i have learned to be aware of what's going on and i've learned to have compassion i think that's mm-hmm. the biggest key here is in the past and so many of us do this where we just we were like i know what the right thing to do is why do i do this stop doing it be different god says you're this way the end <laughs> and that is the worst thing we can do because we're putting up we're basically telling ourselves You're dumb for feeling this way. And it's like, that's not true. It makes sense why you're feeling this way. You are feeling this way as a very normal reaction to the pain that you're suffering. So instead of yelling at yourself, let's acknowledge that it's real and have compassion for it. And guess what? That's how Jesus deals with us. That's how he deals with our pain. He doesn't yell at us and tell us we're wrong for feeling like that. He understands. He sympathizes. He sits there through the pain. So I think for me on this journey, identifying those, those are my Achilles heels, Mm-hmm. And that's when been what I've had to keep paying attention to learning tools on how to address those as they come up. But the biggest tool that I've learned is that tool of acknowledgement that it's happening and compassion, just mm-hmm. loving and understanding, and then giving that again over and over to God as I make those changes and he helps me with it.
1: I love that idea of practicing the compassion of Christ toward yourself yes. and toward others. Yeah. I had an interesting discussion with my son the other day. He, uh, He was talking about something that I had experienced years ago that he was aware of, and he has seen how that has made me sympathetic toward those that are dealing with just similar issues. Mm -hmm. And I I said, yeah, and it's kind of interesting when you you bring that up. It it reminds me of what the book of Hebrews tells us about Christ and how he interacts with us, where it tells us that he's he's walked a mile in our shoes. He is our Mm -hmm. merciful and sympathetic high priest who understands what it's like to go through everything we're going through, and he shows us compassion. So I imagine in many respects, as you try to help others who are dealing with all sorts of things, That was really triggered in you by the experiences you've had. And it's kind of interesting because in in recent years, you've built an online ministry, you've built a platform, you've built uh, a business uh, where you're able to serve other people. And isn't, isn't it interesting how the Lord redeems and makes great use of all the struggles we go through? We wouldn't be having this conversation. You wouldn't be helping the people that you're helping if not for the journey that you just described.
0: Exactly. It's beautiful. It, that is the greatest gift that we can look forward to during times of pain. We don't have to understand how it's going to work out. We don't have to understand what he's going to do with it, but we can rest assured that he is going to bring blessing from it and ministry from it. Mm -hmm. That's the other part about illumination. I was thinking about this morning is that he illuminates us, not just for the gift of knowing God and living a fuller life, but we are illuminated and filled up to be poured out on others so mm-hmm. the changes that God allowed me to have, the redemption he offered me, literally the second chance he gave me, because he said, there is not going to be a third chance. You need to change. This is mm-hmm. it. Right. I had he had one of those talks with me. <laughs> <laughs> so after that happened, it's like, the, yeah, I need to make these changes, but I knew in my heart, but I didn't quite know the full manifestation of it. And we never will. till we get to heaven, the full, complete picture of it. But right. I didn't realize that this would be how he would use the very, very tr- difficult situation that I went through to to help others and yet it's been so freeing and so awesome because I really I really do feel like there is a void in this space in the church between people who are saying let's let's renew our mind like we talk mm-hmm. about renewing our mind but there's that big question of how how do we do this mm-hmm. I mean it's one thing to just kind of say it and we can we can repeat scriptures and things like that but it's like what is that how do, how do we get to what's really inside and rewire it neurologically and, and understand why our brain happens this way. I mean, for me, there was so much more ability to renew my mind when I really understood why I was stuck in these patterns, why my subconscious mind worked the way it did. And when I understood that it was like, okay, now I can have compassion on myself. I'm not crazy. I'm Mm -hmm. not all of these things. I, I, you know, I'm not broken, which is what a lot of people feel, or I'm not the only one who struggles with this. Mm-hmm. I think it's, that's yes, a big one. Like you, yeah. the
1: idea of, of being the only one. So yeah. often in the midst of our struggles, we think, oh, I'm the only one. And I actually yeah. think that that's one of the things that Satan loves to use against us, because if you think you are the only one, then you will not admit your struggles to somebody else because you think sure. nobody's going to yeah, understand yeah. and and people just think you're crazy and, and mm-hmm. all of that. And so now I, I'm also wondering... So you've shared about your journey, you've shared about the things that the Lord's been teaching you and some of the things that have been helpful to you. And if somebody's listening to some of the things that you're sharing and they've really been wrestling with a variety of things in regard to their own mindset and not really preaching the gospel to their own heart. Practically speaking, what would you encourage them to do or 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 where can they get st- just get started if this is something that's now on their radar?
0: Yeah, that's a great question because I I want to in the kindest, most God-centered way, come in and stir up that feeling inside of us as I share a story like this, because I, I want you to, with God's prompting, lead you to whatever action he would have next for you to get healing and get hope here. Um, couple of things. I do have a free training that you mentioned about how to understand more about our minds. It's called how to transform your mind to transform your life. And so that's a free workshop I would love for you to have as a gift. It's just vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. And you can check that out there. The very first thing that I would say to anyone going through this is just to learn to notice, notice what's going on and to begin to make those connections between what we're thinking inside and what is happening. Um, but even before that, just noticing, I mean, it's crazy. if So many of us don't even realize the dialogue that we have inside our head all day long, all the thoughts that we have and just stopping to notice, but doing so with kindness, doing so with gentleness, with the love and care of Christ Mm -hmm. versus going, Oh, geez, I don't want to look at all that. I don't want to think about that. Like I, again, I know i should be better. I should be all those things. It's not that it's just almost like a scientist going, Hmm, that's, that's really interesting. Look at Mm -hmm. how I speak to myself. Look at how I have these behaviors in my life. I wonder what could be causing that. Just getting curious about that and noticing is a huge first step because that awareness is what I think the enemy tries to block us from through numbing, through escaping, through finding pleasure in other things. He he will do anything to keep us from really noticing what's going on because when we do that, God can come in and bring the healing. And of course we know our God is a gentleman. He's not going to come in and knock down a door that he, you have not opened first, like to allow him to come in. So he's going to wait gently and patiently for us, but he's right there when we're ready. So yeah, just being aware, being noticing and um, learning to do that. And then when you're ready, those next steps of, of a workshop like that are very, very helpful to figure out. Okay. So now what do I do with this? What are some things I can do moving forward? And that's a great place to start
1: awesome now when um, when you've gone through this process i'm assuming that this has had a pretty positive impact on mm-hmm. your spiritual walk and so yeah. could you talk about that for just a second how how do Well, let's talk about it from two directions. First of all, how does it negatively impact us in our spiritual walk to adopt an ungodly or an unbiblical mindset or an unbiblical perception of ourselves? But then also the reverse of that, what benefits can we expect to experience spiritually as we're walking with Christ if we begin to see ourselves from his perspective?
0: Okay. Yeah. So the negative side of it would be If we are called to be in line with Christ, if we are called to live out Christ and him to be the light in us, how can we fully be that light? How can we fully exist in this world and do all that he's called us to do without that? And when we, he has said that in order to live the way that he has called us to live, we have to remain in him, remain in me. It says, right. When he's talking about the vine and the branches. So how can we produce anything of good on our own when we're continually fighting that that battle in our head of what God is is the holy spirit is trying to speak in us so without moving all that stuff out of the way and getting to the root of it and healing it we're fighting against god in that way of course he can still use us but how much greater is that light when it's all of the the little cobwebs and the dark places have been swept away and swept clean and then the other half of it how it can positively impact you i think One of the greatest gifts of going through something, an experience like this is really asking ourselves, well, why is it that I can believe something on Sunday, but not let it live out in my life? And a Mm -hmm. lot of people I've found have major security issues with God, safety kind of issues or Mm -hmm. trust issues. They've been hurt by God, like by people in the church, maybe, or they felt like, God, I prayed for this and you didn't answer. There's some issues there. And so- Mm -hmm. Going through this, a lot of this requires a lot, letting go of control because control is a big part of this, trying to keep ourselves feeling safe and surrender. And so for me, the, one of the greatest gifts has been just going deeper and deeper and deeper into surrender, deeper into letting go of the control of my life. And as I do that, the anxiety lessens. I I feel less apt to try to ask the what if questions. Um, For example, we just walked through, we literally are Finishing this season next Monday, my husband was out of work due to COVID for 15 Mm. months and he starts his new job on Monday. So it's, it's still like, you know, we're finishing this season. Praise God. It's a, it's a wonderful gift, but we had walked through a similar season a few years before when he was part of this massive corporate layoff. And so we'd walked through that before. And so we're comparing the two seasons and it was just like this time I found over that period that it happened in between, God had, had brought so much healing that Mm -hmm. there was this security and safety that was there because I had dealt with a lot of the trying to control, trying to freak out all the things that I was doing before naturally as a way to feel okay. Again, makes sense why I was doing it, but it wasn't, wasn't God's best for me. And this would, there'd been some, some healing that had happened. And it was like, it was so much easier to get to peace. It was so much easier to be close to God because Mm -hmm. it was like, I, I, I've, I know who you are and I know that you're going to, you're going to provide, you're going to take care of us. You're going to, you're going to be with us. And so I just think that that isn't it's, I've, we can reframe all of this into an opportunity. It's, it's, I'd like to think of when we have these self-sabotaging behaviors or these negative thoughts, what if we think of them as an alarm system going off in our, in our body? Like mm-hmm. this is God's little gentle tap on our shoulder saying, this is, this is an area that can have some healing and hope. Let me bring it to you. Mm-hmm. And instead of running from it and hiding from it, right. what if we can just open ourselves up to get to that? It's just, it's, it's, it's transformative when we can do that.
1: Wonderful. Yeah. One of the things that in, in a very similar vein to what you're sharing, one of the things that the Lord's been convincing me of over the years is that he is sufficient. Yeah. And I think I, at one season of my life, I was trying to find just satisfaction for my heart in a variety of other things. And somewhere along the line, as my faith matured, one of the things the Lord's really convinced me of is that I can find joy in Him, I can find hope in Him, I can find satisfaction for my soul through Him, and that I can be content in Christ. And a lot of what I hear you sharing today sounds like that's something that the Lord's been convincing your heart of as well.
0: Right, exactly. And being someone, again, who with a background of striving and achieving, it's very frightening to think about, especially at first letting go, because that has been successful in the past. You work hard, you get what you want, like these things, but God's like, that's not always going to be the answer. And look what working hard can do. It's not always great for you and it can ruin you honestly. So like you said, contentment is huge and it's, it's not something you can just say, okay, well, I'm content. It really does. Take a deep wrestling with God about letting go of some things in order right. to be content with. Yeah. That. yeah,
1: ultimately, if we have Christ, we have everything we need, and, uh, and and finding finding that joy, finding that contentment in Christ will not let you down. Amen. Well, Alicia, it was a pleasure to have you here on the Dwell on These Things podcast. It was great that Andrea and I certainly enjoyed meeting you in person a few months ago, but it was great to be able to follow that up with this conversation, hear a little bit more in depth about your ministry and the ways in which you're serving people. And uh, if people want to follow you, if people want to find out more information about what you're doing, where can they do that?
0: Yeah. Thank you again for the opportunity to be here. I did really enjoy getting to know you and your wife. I hope we can connect at a future podcast movement or other events. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. Another nerd
1: to- convention, right? Another nerd convention.
0: New- <laughs> right. Exactly. We'll have to f- get our pocket protectors out or something nerdy. Exactly. Like, but- <laughs>
1: <laughs> audio um, nerds unite.
0: <laughs> audio nerds unite. I know yeah. it's so funny. Um, Yes. So I would love to further these conversations. If you feel the Lord is prompting on your heart and anyway, I, I, understand. I've been there. I know it can be kind of frightening to think about. So one of the best ways would be to check out that workshop. It's vibrant Christian living.com forward slash mind, check that out and learn more about some of this stuff going on in our mind. Learn more about what I have um, called the Christian mindset makeover, which is a nine week course where it's basically what I have been doing for years through coaching, but as coaching expanded and I can't, I, you know, I wanted to be able to help as many people as possible. I've condensed it now into a course. We started seeing these same patterns happening. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, a really fabulous way to go through this material in a step by step way and do something called brain priming, which is the neurological process of removing those thoughts and adding in the thoughts that honor Christ. So I think that's a really important thing. It's not just affirmations. It's not just trying to learn about it. It really is an action-based program. So I would love to talk to you more about that or to, to introduce you to that there, but yeah, I'm on Instagram too. It's at vibrant Christian living, and would love to just continue to talk about this here. So thank you again for having me today. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, it was great. Again, our guest today was Alicia Michelle, and you could find out more about her and her ministry at vibrantchristianliving.com.
0: Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast where we hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ.
1: To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.